Hello, my name is Rashid Phillips and welcome back to This Week in Barbecue. This Week in Barbecue is a barbecue-focused podcast that brings you the good, the bad, and everything in between in the world of barbecue. Typically, I'm joined by my co-host, Brian, the Bearded Wonder. I'm calling him that because, honestly, I'm starting to think he's a figment of my imagination because no one sees him outside this room but me, but we'll see. Um, Brian, if you're resting, buddy, I hope you're relaxing. Brian messed up his back. That's what happens when you get old and you don't stretch and, you know, we're lifting briskets all the time. Take care of yourself, guys. It's important. But truly, brother, uh, rest up. It's just not the same without you here, which for you, the audience, it really is the same because sadly, you're still stuck with just looking at this if you're viewing from the old Instagrammies. For those of you who are not, consider yourself lucky. For this episode, I am going to answer your guys' questions. There was a fair amount of them, so we're just going to turn this episode into a Q&A episode since our buddy and hopefully your buddy too, Brian, is not here with us today. So we'll do a little bit of Q&A, but a few touch points. Uh, Holy Smokes is doing a giveaway, so make sure you go check them out. I'll have that link and information in the show notes and also... If you haven't listened to my other podcast, Entro, which is a business and entrepreneurial focused podcast, I have a wonderful uh, recent episode up there with myself and Mr. KJ Kearney of Black Food Fridays, where we talk about value, cost, food industry, business, all types of good stuff. And make sure to subscribe because we're going to have amazing episodes with the likes of, um, Zilla Pitts Barbecue, uh, Jonathan Jones of Jonathan Barbecue and Smoke and Hope, all releasing over on that podcast and platform soon. But let's get to it. Oh, and right off the top there, he's part of our news rundown, uh, Mr. Evan, uh, the Gladiator Barbecue. This young man is absolutely amazing. I had the honor and privilege of shaking his hand. Uh, several weeks back when I was doing a cooking demo with uh, Chris, um, Robert Irvine, Pops, a.k.a. Mr. Kevin Bloodsoe, you know, uh, and so many others. Uh, this young man was literally obliterating um, competitors two, three, four times his age and placing very high marks. He's recently uh, has a menu item on the Famous Dave's menu. He's doing such great things. I believe he's even going to the Royal Oak uh, competition as well. So that's, yeah, he's, he's doing a lot of great things. I definitely feel comfortable in the future of barbecue when you see such passion and drive, uh, from the younger generation. So right on, good on you, sir. And keep up the amazing work. Let's start pulling up some of these questions that you guys have, because there's some good ones. I think there was a a really good, uh, smoker one in there that I've been itching to get to. So let's start at the top. First up, we've got the real baby ham. So it's an interesting name there. Brother or man, I'm not sure. I can't tell from the profile photo. Best way to run a cheap offset for a long brisket cook. Well, uh, if you already know it's a cheap offset, that lets me know you already know the flaws within it and you're trying to skirt it a little bit, which is a good thing. Um, When you're going to run something like a brisket, Fire management is going to be even more important on a cheap offset because you have, like more than likely, a very small firebox, which means if you overpack it, the heat is going to fluctuate and get so high, 
you're going to end up having to constantly opening up your main cook door to let the heat out. Or you're going to feel like you're going to have to keep removing out fuel and then it's going to drop too much. It's a very delicate dance. I always start with less is more. If you're using an offset like that, get even smaller splits. Work on a bed of coals versus keeping a heavy flame going. Just keep a very good uh, set of coals. And even before you light the first match to get the fire going, if you haven't already, if you've uh, listened to the previous episodes, you know one of my all-time favorite hacks that I do on all my rigs is I visit my local Home Depot. Go get yourself a piece of expanded sheet metal, all right? It's like five bucks a sheet. Get yourself some wire cutters and snip it down to the size of the frame of your firebox. Put that on top of the grate and then build your fires on top of that. This adds an extra layer, saving yourself those little embers, those coals. You don't want them dropping down because then they'll fall into the ash and extinguish themselves out. This is how you save on fuel, maintain your temps, and really helps uh, during those long cooks. I do this to all my rigs, from my kettle smokers to my Kamado style, uh, ceramic style smokers to um, all my offsets. Legitimately all my offsets. Uh, Penny, Phoebe, Pearl, all of them. They've all got a queued up, but that's my suggestion, my, my tip there. Now, for some reason, you're unable to get to the store, you're unable to do that. A couple other workarounds are for maintaining temp. You can line the belly of your rig with fire bricks. Those are very, 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 um, like, a good little tip. They uh, hold heat very well. It is one of those tricks that I use during the fall and winter season because metal likes to be cold that's just how it is so if it gets the chance it's going to revert back but lining the belly of my rig with uh, fire bricks really really helps and if you can't get fire bricks you can get uh, lava rocks and the great thing is they heat up so slowly and hang on having that residual heat it's just a great thing fuel saver maybe i just need to do a whole episode on like tricks for saving on uh, fuel but you know Hopefully that answers your question, brother. I appreciate it, brother. Like I said, I can't tell from the profile photo, but it was a really good, um, really good question. So you think, let's see here. Let's run down to the bottom set here. Oh, this one came from uh, Chris Lester 22. Shout out, Chris. Appreciate the convos we've been having, man. Truly do. He asked, you ever make a white barbecue sauce? Now, uh, that Alabama white, there's one name that always pops to mind. That's Big Bob Gibson. That's that's right up there. And then right below that, it's going to be a Mr. Chris Lilly. Shout out to Chris, the whole family, the whole Gibson crew. Uh, Chris, brother, I'll catch you in, when am I going to run in here? November. November for Holy Smokes. So, uh, guys, get your Holy Smokes tickets. It's going to be a ball. It's going to be a blast. I know where Rodney keeps the good bourbon. Um, so, I've played around with making an Alabama white sauce. It is in no way, shape, or form the best Alabama white, but it's the Alabama white that I get down with. And I've done it numerous ways. I've tried it the traditional way with the mayo base and building everything in there, adding your acidities or vinegars, your your, your uh, lime juices or lemons. But I add lime, lemon, garlic, red wine vinegar. I've done it with mayo. I'm not a huge mayo fan, so that's and I've shifted out the mayo for things like sour cream, and I've had a really good result with that. But the great thing about the Alabama White 
you can make it however you want. You know, it is definitely one of the most, in my opinion, is one of the most, um, one of those sauces in barbecue that truly stands out. It definitely stands out amongst the rest because we, they all almost look the same for the majority of it. Alabama white is bright and it's a white sauce. So shout out to the whole Gibson crew. Shout out to Alabama for the amazing sauce. And uh, thank you, Chris, for the question. I do have a write-up rendition of my Alabama white. If you guys are into it, let me know in the feedback. Or as always, you guys are welcome to shoot us an email over at thisweekinbarbecue at gmail.com. We love getting them. Still accepting um, applications for a co-host who doesn't flip his ribs. That's all, that's all I'm saying. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> Next up, we've got... <laughs> Sometimes I can tell like who's just recently followed me because of the questions, but... You know, it is what it is. A question from EQ Photo. How do you approach smoking a meal for vegetarians? <laughs> How do I approach smoking a meal for vegetarians? Um, I don't. I don't approach it. I moonwalk uh, all the way back from that because I'm not a vegetarian cook. Uh, I, I can't I couldn't even technically make a full authentic vegetarian meal because I'd have to get a whole new smoker, you know, because it's got meat, juice, residue, fat, all drippings all the way, no matter how I clean it. You know, it's one of those things. Um, I'm not knocking it. It's just not my lane. I promise you, if I make a vegetarian dish, it is on accident. I believe I have one or two. Uh, one of the petty sisters was going through a phase of like different, you know, cutting out certain things. So I tossed that up there. But I think I have one or two um, recipes and it's a little weird to get to right now, but you guys will see why there's a lot of changes coming very, very soon. And I, it's like a curried mushroom. Uh, so I'm not doing any of those things that like the impossible meats and all that. That's that's not my thing. That's no, no, no. Uh, I don't do vegetarian. I know what I'm good at and I'm barely good at what I'm good at. So I still hang out where I fit in, you know, and my world is in rubbing butts, no needles, non-GMO, all organic. Let them go. That's my, that's my playground. I do love vegetables. I eat a ton of them, but I'm not the best one to reach out to for vegetarian based smoking techniques. And that's just the truth of it. I'm not trying to dabble in everything. Um, I'm really trying to make sure that I give you the knowledge I know. Of. I don't want to speak on something that I'm not really that aware of. Uh, maybe in the future, I'll broaden my horizons to learn more of those techniques. But as of right now, if it's vegetarian and it comes from me, it's on accident. But thanks for the submission, though. Appreciate the question. Next up. Oh, when are you popping up in Washington State to cook? That's from Beck's Family Barbecue. I was just there. <laughs> everyone, everyone always wants me to go somewhere after I've been there or after I just left. I don't know if Washington State is going to be on the docket this year. Um, not that I'm aware of. I will be, we're in, we're in September. I will be in Denver for a fair bit uh, this month. And I will be in, uh, where else? Connecticut and I believe Florida. Then next month, October, I'm spending my birthday in Connecticut, going to be a part of a really fun event. Um, 
I'll let the whole schedule drop when the new everything releases and you're able to find everything. But yeah, I don't know if it's going to happen this year. I believe I was invited back for next year and that'll occur around May, May slash June. So uh, stay tuned. Appreciate the question though. Next question. (laughs) What is a sister supposed to do when she's running out of brisket? Um... Maybe be nice to your brother. I don't know. Maybe maybe not threaten to burn his shirts. Maybe not threaten baby photos. Maybe not threaten him in any way, shape, or form. Like a good morning text. How you doing text. I might be normal. Like, hey, bro, miss you. Like something like normal could, could help. But, you know, um, all, I, all I know is if, if I were that brother, those things would definitely make me want to make more brisket easily and readily available to you. But, you know, I can't, I can't speak for someone else. Not even going to have to tell you guys who that's from. Oh, this is a really cool one. Uh, question from Lacey Alabraska. She asked, what are some sweets slash desserts that can be baked on the grill? I dig that. I dig that. Um, I actually did a jalapeno cheddar cornbread with a bourbon maple syrup recipe and video with Masterbuilt. If you head to their site, I believe you can find it. It's also on their um, on their Instagram as well. But I think if you just go to their site and you punch in uh, Rashid Phillips or just punch in cornbread, you'll find it as part of our Smoked Session series. Uh, it was a great series. It was really fun. And I love, I, I can always tell when the food really, really hits. Uh, one of the camera guys, he like took a slice and we're like, oh, okay, cool, that's his. And then we turned around, and the slice is there, like the slice is on the plate. And we're like, but where's where's the where's the pan? Because we did it in a cast iron skillet. We go into the house uh, that we're renting for filming, and he's just at the table, like face first, going into it. I was like, ain't that about? <laughs> but the good thing is, what you guys aren't may not be aware of, when you're doing shoots like this, you always make multiple of the exact same dish. You have your on camera bite, your hero dish. So there was extra leftovers uh extra cornbread skillet pans running around but it was just hilarious to see him just go to town and i think i I always remember it because um his mom watches what i do and follows and tries my recipes and he went over one day and she'd made him one of my recipes and he absolutely loved it so he called her after he was done devouring it and told us like hey ma i need you to you know make this recipe next time when we when we air it it's not out now but it'll be out and uh it's just fun. I, I love that my food has that effect on people. So to sh- short answer your question, most recent one I did was a jalapeno cornbread uh, with that bourbon maple syrup. I've done cookies. I've done brownies. I've done cakes. And maybe I'll post more of those. Uh, I just don't, didn't know if a lot of people would be into seeing the whole process of baking. I've done stuff. I've cooked stuff in the firebox of my rig to really get it going. I've done naan in there. I've done some breads in there. I've done tortillas in there. But uh, yeah, maybe I'll start showing that side a bit more. Let's uh let's run through these uh questions. For those of you who, who are listening but can't see, I believe someone here just asked Zach. Uh, I'm in the midst of uh, finishing up my cookbook, Zach. It's not done yet, but it is uh it is in the works. Let's get to this next one here. Hmm. Vane asked, best cheap steak cut best herb in your opinion for steak Ooh, well um i my second last 
uh, post on Instagram was a video of turning a very tough cut of top sirloin that was on sale for $4.99 into filet mignon, which is a very big stretch and big ask, but it worked out. Uh, if you check out the video, you can you can see it. It's actually a really interesting process. So I used pineapple juice, fresh pineapple juice. It has to be fresh. The stuff that's pre-bottled has so much sugar in it. It can still work, but you're going to have that lingering taste of sweetness. So if you have the ability, use fresh pineapple juice. Trust me. Had it marinating in uh, pineapple juice, the best you can do is roughly... Um, eight hours for the marinade. I like to let it sit overnight, depending on the thickness of the cut. Rinse it off, desalinate, which there isn't any salt to really salinate on, but just really rinse it off, get that juices out of it. And it was so tender. Now, because of the acidity in there, you're going to want to make sure uh, you bind it. That's what I use the twine for, because in the audio of the video, the sizzle was just too great. I completely underestimated the level of sizzle <laughs> and you can't really hear what I'm saying but I used some butcher's twine to bind it to firm it up and then seared it on both sides very quickly I'm from the school of flipping you know flip every 45 seconds to a minute so you get pink edge to edge no gray balls around here save save the bars for AT&T service and just finished it off with a nice little side salad some uh, avocado but as far as the herbs that I used with it, I used basil and fresh rosemary and garlic from my garden. And using fresh herbs like that, the oils get to release because of the heat and the um, the additional uh, fat content gets to simmer and you get that huge aromatic burst of flavor. It's just, it's just one of those things. If you can cook with fresh herbs, always do it. I promise you won't be disappointed. Um, here's a great tip, right? Two ways to go about getting fresh herbs. You can go to like your local Costco, Five Mip and Dime, wherever, and they've got these great planters that have the automatic lights. They do everything. All you do is add water, add plant food. That works. You know, if you don't have a green thumb or you're just trying to do stuff inside, works well for herbs. It's so much more effective cost-wise in the long run uh, to do that than it would be to keep purchasing those little one-offs containers that they have. So that's a tip. Secondly, your local Publix and Kroger's and such, they usually have the plants. And this is what like blows my mind. The plant is cheaper. The whole plant is cheaper to buy than buying the little pre-snipped packets. So just buy a basil plant, water it every other day, make sure the container hole has holes in it to seek out any residual water, put a plate on it there, and you're good to go. Real simple. Next up, let's, uh, let's see what my whole rant, that's my whole rant about that. Um, hmm. this is a really good one. I eat when I'm hungry. So do I. So do I. Asked, smoke meats in a pan for easy cleanup or affects the product? That is a solid, solid, solid question. <sighs> That's a good question. Uh, for cleanup, your rig is going to get messy any which way. I don't care how precise, how tidy, how whatever you are, your rig is going to get messy. The point of that is making sure you clean it regularly. I do not cook in uh, pans. No, no containing the butts, no containing the briskets, let the cheeks fly where they may. 
I leave everything open. I do know some cats that cook on cardboard for their briskets, but that's a story for another time, for another technique. But I personally don't cook in pans. Uh, the only time you'll see my stuff in pans is if we're serving and I'm wanting them extra hot or using the rig to uh, as a giant warmer by holding it in temps, but I do not cook in pans. Nothing against it, but if you look at how you're working with airflow and you have your meat in a pan, that airflow is just butting up against that container. And it's going to go over a little and you're going to see a definite difference. I can promise you one thing. If you cook, uh, a, a, let's say a butt open and you cook a butt in a pan, you will visually see a difference on how that bark forms. And that is why I don't do pans. But hopefully that answers that bit of that question. Nothing wrong with it, though. Not at all. I think my buddy Ash uses pants, if I'm not mistaken. Shout out, Ash. I got to give you a call after this. Uh, let's see. Mm. Randy Bass asked, what is a good steps with doing first pastrami and for how long and temperature to smoke? That's a lot. Do I have a pastrami video? Uh, this is where I wish like Lee or Corey was here so I can just butt there. Um, I don't know if we've got a pastrami video up. I think we may have a recipe up, but not a video. First step is get a good quality-ish cut of meat because at least for me personally, I, I do the world's lightest trim when I do pastrami. I mean like uber light. <laughs> um, make sure you get good salts. You don't always have to use salts. Uh, shout out to Brad Leon. He has a wonderful video. I'll drop it in the show notes below where he made a pastrami using celery juice. I dig the style, but I'm going to stick to my salts. Um, I would suggest you get yourself some great uh, star anise. Get yourself some whole juniper berries. Get yourself some peppercorns. Uh, ingredients like that. And here's a great little tip. Uh, heat them up. Get a cast iron skillet. Get it ripping hot. Toss those dry aromatics in, shake them around a little, and let them waken up. You're going to see, hear, uh, smell them release. Their aromas are really going to be very potent, and your, the air is going to be extremely aromatic. And that is what is going to help uh, those spice flavors delve deeper into the actual brine that you're going to have to make for your pastrami. One thing I can suggest is you can go heavy on the salt... And a good salt to use is like, if you're just starting out, cheap table salt. I'm talking like that 59 cents tub salt they have at like Kroger's and Publix and Five and Dimes and such like that. That's a great salt, but make sure you get yourself something like a pink curing salt as well. And if you're going to do that, if you're going to go a little bit heavy, make sure you desalinate. Oh, Sheed, what does desalinate mean? Great. Thank you for asking. It's basically the process in which you allow the additional salt uh, content to be removed from the brisket. So you just put it in a giant tub of water, shake it around, just keep that water running. You'll, you'll actually see it change a bit. Then pour it out, do it again. You can do it as many times as you want. I think Brian does his like half a dozen times. I do mine like two to three, just depends on your salt content. Uh, there's definitely different tricks on how to do that and expedite the process. I would also suggest if you're just getting into pastrami, don't just do one, do three. Start now and do them all at the same time. And let me explain. 
get you three, trim them, spice them however you want. Have one going in a brine for seven days. Have one going in a brine for 14 days. And have one going in a brine for 20 days. And see how you like the end result. I hope that helps. I hope you do it because it is an amazing end result. When you get it just right, it doesn't last. But appreciate it. Tag me if you hear this and you make it because I definitely want to see the results. Next up, uh, who do we have here? BoreQ43. What's up? When smoking a pork butt on a pellet smoker, would you use hickory or anything specific? But I have no idea. I don't, I don't use a pellet smoker. Um, if you were just asking just flavor profiles, uh, I'm, I'm all, I'm, I'm all hickory. I get hickory. It's very easy for me to access here in my area. That's what I always suggest to people. If you're looking for wood to get into barbecue, get one that's very prominent and readily available where you are. Cause you don't want to fall in love with like mesquite and post oak and you live in Georgia where you can't get it. So. Uh, I would start with hickory because I found hickory is just about available everywhere in regards to what to do with it after that. No clue, no clue, but I hope that helps. Good luck on another pellet smoker. Oh, another pellet smoker question. You guys are new to the page. I'm assuming no worries. I appreciate the love either which way this comes from Jim 81. What do you think? of Rectech pellet grills and smokers worth the buy? Can't speak on it. Don't own one. It's uh it's, it's that simple. I don't I don't speak on anything I haven't personally used. Uh, I can't knock them or, you know, praise them. I just don't know. If you are looking to purchase one, I would hop on the good old YouTube, see who's got one, who's done a review. If you're in Georgia, I'm not sure if they're at AGC, to be honest with you, but if you are in Georgia, nonetheless, go hit up Atlanta Grill Company. They have a Marriott of different grills. I'm talking from ceramics to kettles to yoders to offsets, reverse, straight flows, any and everything in there. Basically, what I'm saying is get out and get your hands on it. Check the quality. Check the metal thickness. Check the smoke chamber. The I don't know the full breakdown on how the the pellets for their hoppers release, but I'll definitely make sure that it's got a good gear system and flow where you don't think it's going to get backed up and cause a whole smoke out and fire. Because shockingly enough, though they don't really have flames in there like that, I've seen a lot of people on pellets get that thing going up in flames, which is a rather miraculous feat. So how do you guys do that is a heck of a trick. Let's keep it pushing. Uh, hmm. Oh, uh, Pink's Barbecue. Shout out to Pink's. I haven't seen you guys in a while. Hope everything is well with you. How would you start or execute a pop-up or supper club? If I'm ever trying to create something, I try to become a part of it first. So to answer your question, how to start and execute a supper club, I would start visiting supper clubs. I would start partaking in supper clubs because this allows me to be a part of the community and understand exactly what the community is looking for. Because what you don't want to do is come in and offer the exact same thing, right? So if you come in and then you're a part of it and you see, oh, I, can, I would do this a little differently or I can I can improve upon that or they're not offering this and I think the crowd really likes it or they don't even know, then you're not just some guy coming to rip off. You've, you've been uh, 
uh, you've made yourself known and aware of that community and that space. So you have a little bit more validity when you come in and say, hey, guys, I'm sort of offering this thing. And people see that there's differences in what they've been doing and what you're doing, and they may give it a shot. So that would be my suggestion from the back end business side of it. Lock down your mailing list. Believe it or not, emails are still a very, very important thing. So that would be my suggestion. Ping, shout out to you guys. There's some guys who are really thinking and using tech for techniques uh, to run and promote their business. So shout out to them. This comes from Rob Bell. How much time lenience do you allow when doing multiple meets that take different times? That is a good question. And we've addressed it in some way, shape or form before, but I'll run it back uh, because this is phrased differently. (sighs) Whatever the longest meet is, that goes on first. But it also depends on my serving time as well. So if I'm trying to serve the next day, like if it's Friday and we're going to be doing something Saturday evening, cool. If I'm running brisket, well, that brisket has to go on while the sun is on because I need to give it enough time on the back end to rest. You don't want to pull it right off the smoker and start doing your uh, Edward Scissorhands slice and dice. You've got to let it rest. Now, after that, I sort of give myself a little wiggle room of an hour to an hour and a half to make sure, hey, Pinks, you guys are in here. I, I literally just answered your question. Hopefully, you'll listen to the episode and get the answer. Um, I typically budget in an hour, hour and a half, just depending on the weather, what's going on, how much fuel I've got, how many other things I've got to keep doing. But I will, I will put my brisket on first. That's got a nice bark. That's going really, really well. And typically, just before I wrap my briskets, I'll toss my butts on. Usually the last thing to always hit the rig if I'm doing multiple proteins on the same rig at the same time. Last thing is typically either the links or the chicken because those are extremely forgiving. But one thing I do is I get a piece of chalk and I score the side of my smoker or right on the door to let me know when I put what on and the positioning. So throughout the cook, I know it's like, okay, cool. The fat of briskets, they've been a little bit closer to the heat. It's time to rotate them out. Now I've got room to put these butts on and get them on the warmer side. So that's going to expedite that cook process. It's very much a symphony. It's very much a, a dance, a, a meat symphony. That that would be a, a good name for someone's Instagram handle. You're welcome. But hopefully that answers your questions, Randy. Oh, there's a fair amount in here. We may have to split this into two. Um, oh, and a Appeal to Liberty, right on. Asked, do you ever use coffee rubs? I use all my own rubs. And I have used coffee in recipes before. So I actually have one out. I believe I did it with Beef It's What's For Dinner. If you go to Beef It's What's For Dinner and you check out their site, and I believe it was also in like, it was on Mashed as well. It's, it's out there. Just Google El Toro brisket, and that is my um, Scotch Bonnet Habanero Coffee Rubbed brisket. It's very good, very flavorful, like such crazy depths of flavor. At least to me, I dug it, and, and so the day. But uh, I enjoy using coffee because coffee is very particular. The granule size alone can change the 
flavor profile and the mouthfeel and texture when you're eating it. So coffee is definitely a very underutilized but very um, potent and aromatic ingredient that I think a lot more people should get down with. Maybe time to release that coffee rug we've been kicking around, actually. But appreciate the question, bud. Ooh. Mark, what's going on, brother? Uh, <laughs> I like this question, actually. Garlic bread. What is your twist on it? Well, I'll tell you. It's a very simple twist. Instead of butter, I use beef tallow. Uh, that's the trick. I More specifically, I use my smoked beef tallow, and it works beautifully. It brings a nice, um, not really mahogany, but a nice uh, crusting color to the bread once it's baking. The aroma is rich. It adds that beefy flavor. Definitely suggest trying it. Definitely suggest trying it because I also use beef towel when making tortillas, which I always have a lot more tallow than I have. Uh, I almost have more beef tallow than I have porchetta fat and tallow, which is what I prefer to make my tortillas with. But when doing garlic bread, instead of butter, use beef tallow, smoked beef tallow, if you can. It'll make the world a difference. All right, all right, all right. Andy, <laughs> teach me the jerk ways. Uh, there's a joke in there, but this is a PG podcast. Um, can't. Well, you'll see them in uh, in December when we all get the whole gang's getting back together in December in Florida. Palm Beach Fest. We'll have more news on that. But uh, appreciate the crush, buddy. Uh, miss you guys over in Texas. We'll get together soon. Gotta let me know how those smoked uh, dry steaks were. Ooh, Dark Mondays asked, I've got a massive piece of picanha, but no barbecue, no grill. What's a girl to do? Oh, man. Man, oh, man. <sighs> okay. So this is going to require two things, which hopefully you have since you don't have the other two. You're going to need an oven and a skillet with grill lines, preferably. You are going to do a reverse sear process. What you're going to do is take your picanha out, let it come up to room temp, not full room temp, but let it slowly rise in temp for 20 to 30 minutes, right? Then you are going to, you can either keep it whole or you can get as traditional as you want with this. If you are going to go traditional and you've got skewers, use the metal skewers. Don't put the wood ones in the oven. Um, but for this particular case, I'm going to assume you don't have the skewers because you don't have a grill. So why would you have the skewers? Keep it whole. Put it in the oven. Set the oven for as, lo as low as it'll go, like 175 or 200 for your oven will go that low. Let that bad boy ride for about 30 to 45 minutes. We're going to bring up the internal very, very slowly. You should check it. After 45 minutes, your internal should be hovering around 115 to 118. Pull it, then get your uh, grill-grated cast iron pan or plancha piping hot. Hit it with a high smoke temp oil like grapeseed, then drop it right on. Of course, I'm assuming you've already seasoned this and you've got, you know, Phillips American Prime beef rub because that's the go-to beef rub. Shameless plug. Sear both of those sides and do that flip. We're going back and forth. One minute, one side, one minute, the other side. Just keep going back and forth until we get an internal of roughly 120 to 122. Then pull, let it rest. That carryover heat is going to bring us over in a 125. Gets you nice in the rear range. That's how I get mine. If you like yours more well done, 
help yourself. But that would be the best suggestion I can offer for not having a grill, not having a smoker, or having any type of outdoor cooking apparatus to make a beautiful cut of picanha. I hope it helps. I feel like I have to make a video on this now. Yeah, let's do that. Let's let's make a video on it. All right. Uh, hmm. JM Equity Group. Does where you buy your beef matter? That is a good question. Yes and no. It's not necessarily where you buy the beef that matters, but who supplies the beef to where you purchase it from that matters. I'll go to a dollar store and pick up a brisket if their supplier is Snake River Farms. You know what I mean? Um, but that's obviously not the case. <laughs> I would definitely suggest, though, asking where asking the, 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 the butcher at your local grocery store who their meat supplier is or sometimes it's right there on the packaging. Some places offer better, better cut, um, cuts of meat than others. Nine times out of ten, you're going to find the same cuts of meat at Walmart as you would Sam's Club because same company at the very top. Um, Costco, I've always had found, has a great consistency with the meat that they provide, whether it be from oxtail to brisket to pork butts to ribs, but it just depends on who the meat provider is more so than who's selling you the meat. Uh, and don't forget to explore some online options. There's a vast amount of online butcher shops that will ship overnight next day stuff to you. So keep that in mind as well. It can be a little bit more costly, but if it's something that you're just trying to get for a special occasion, it may be worth the initial investment. Just food for thought. And let's check this out. Um, let's wrap with this one. This is a pretty good one. Girl grilling you crazy. Ah, I like the name. I like the name. I'm attempting to smoke my first brisket solo this weekend. What's one piece of advice? Well, I'll give you more than one, but we'll start. One solid piece of advice, start early. Uh, especially if you're going at a solo, if you're, this is, you don't typically have, if you're used to having direction when you're doing these cooks and this is one you don't, I would definitely recommend you start early. Don't be afraid to not uh, trim as much as you would think. Be patient. Have a readily available amount of wood or whatever fuel that you're using. Season, season, season. Brisket is a thick cut of meat. Season. Um, make sure you, you plan it. Hopefully, you're not thinking of eating it the exact same time. And if you are, you're cooking it the day ahead type of thing and letting it rest over into that day, like mentioned earlier on. Um Oh, very, very important. Wrap tightly and cut against the grain. You don't want to do 12, 14, 16 hours of work. Just end up not cutting it up the proper way. And lastly, most importantly, it's a two-parter. Have fun and give yourself some grace. You're not going to get it perfect this time. You may get it really, really good. You know, who knows? But just have fun with it and give yourself some grace. It takes a lot to make one of these things jiggle and wiggle and, you know, get that bounce per ounce. But... If you don't enjoy the process, what's the whole point of doing it? I'm just saying. Well, wow, that was 40 minutes uh, and f really long. I didn't think it would take that long because there's still more. I guess we're going to have to turn this into a two-parter. 
thank you guys so much for watching. Those of you who are watching on the live and for those of you who are listening, I truly appreciate it. And it would mean the world to me if you guys would take a moment to leave us a review, uh, five star, four star, one star, whatever you think we deserve. It just lets us know how we're doing and what we can do better because I enjoy doing this stuff. And as long as you guys enjoy listening it, I'm going to continue doing it. And uh, as always, I am Rashid Phillips. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of This Week in Barbecue. And This Week in Barbecue is a barbecue-focused podcast that introduces you and informs you of the good, the bad, and everything in between in the world of barbecue. As always, be good to another. Take care.